0: These days, we have many options for educating our children. Have you been wondering what school option is the best option for your child? Today, Kimberly Gon joins me for a conversation on this topic. She shares her insights, taking into account the differences between our children and their communication needs, and how to stay strongly connected with them. You will enjoy today's show if this is something you have ever wondered Hey parents, I hope you found this episode helpful. If so, would you please take 30 seconds and share it with a friend who also lives or works with children? I would really appreciate it if you would leave a quick review for the show on Apple Podcasts. I read every review and it lights me up to know that this show is making a difference. Then come join my Facebook community where you'll meet other parents who are dedicated to helping their children grow too. You'll find the link in the show notes. Thank you for joining me. Now it's time to go. Let's pop our kiddos in the strollers and go look around outdoors and see what we have to talk about. Before we begin, I would like to read a review from Armed to the Heart. She writes such amazing tips. As mamas, we need all the tips we can get to help our little ones listen better and really support their development. Thank you for all the strategies and practical advice you give. You have such a gift from Megan Gephardt, Armed to the Heart podcast. Thank you, Megan. I appreciate what you're saying, and I'm so glad that you are enjoying this time when you are home, and thank you for your service to our country. As a reminder, we are super close to 10,000 downloads. In fact, maybe we've even passed it by the time you listen to this, but I am pre-recording this episode, so I'm not sure where we are in the count at the time that you're hearing this, but I know that it's super close. So anyway, as a reminder for you, um for anybody that wants to take advantage of the special that is celebrating 10,000 downloads uh, write me at hello@thelanguageofplay.com at write the word 10,000 any place in that email and you will have 10,000 cents off of your coaching package and that is $100 and the other thing was if you haven't written a review please go write a review and this is the time that you could earn a Starbucks gift card. So the day that Podbean recognizes 10,000 downloads, I'm going to go see who has left a review on that day. And whoever it is gets a $10 gift card from Starbucks for a cup of coffee or whatever you'd like. Thank you in advance for your review. Uh, Remember to email me if you have been in the thought time, wondering if you want to do parent coaching, and now is a really good time to act. And now for the show. Thank you for joining us today at The Language of Play. Today I have a guest named Kimberly Gahn. You get to meet the visionary founder of Star Students, a trailblazing educational organization dedicated to nurturing the brilliant minds of tomorrow. Kimberly's innate ability to connect with and inspire students led to the creation of Star Students, a virtual company with an online platform that offers innovative teaching methods, interactive learning, and tailored attention, revolutionizing the educational landscape. So Kimberly, thank you so much for coming today on The Language of Play and sharing what it is that you do. And I'm looking forward to this conversation. There's so many ways that this conversation could go. And um, let's just let it
1: unfold. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I, I'm happy to to be here and, and I'm honored. Thank you, Dina Lynn.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, a lot of people say Dina Lin. You're right. It is Dina Lynn. A lot of people make that little. Like,
1: no myself. worries. I'm no worries. Myself.
0: Yeah, it's okay. I see you here covering your mouth, and I'm saying, no, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. So, anyway, we know education is like the one of the big concerns on all of our parents' minds. You know, we always look at our kids and we think, well, what about their education? We know that in the school system, many kids have a very good education, and many kids. Don't. So you developed this star students with a goal in mind. Can you tell me about that?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh I well, so I I graduated teachers college um in 2020. Um so if you remember the world in 2020 and how things were, um particularly the educational landscape. We were
0: all on Zoom in 2020.
1: Yes, yes, we were all on Zoom. Um nobody really knew what was going on. Um there was a lot of confusion. Um, Not least within the educational uh, sphere, right? And so one of the things that I said to myself, um, I said, I'm not going to be able to do this and genuinely feel happy and fulfilled. And I won't actually be the way that I saw it. I won't actually be making as large of a difference. I I can't do this. Um, And so that, that was how Star Students was born. Now we started with, we started very small. It was just me. And since then we've grown um but the motto has not changed the the policies have not changed um our mission first and foremost is children and their education and a lot of people kind of look at that and they're like oh well that's that's kind of broad um so i narrow that down for people and i say it's it's the the stimulation of the brain in topics that children are interested in in things that they want to learn about It's personalizing education for our children because that's what they deserve. That's what I believe they deserve. And that's what the teachers at Star students believe they deserve. And so that's what we really found all of our teaching model on is how can we best serve these kids so that they are engaged, they are excited, and they're passionate about what they're doing and what they're learning.
0: Okay, that sounds very good. Now, in your subtitle or the intro that I have for you. Your topic is homeschooling and alternative education. So it, what it sounds like to me is that you're doing an online school, but it's also alternative. And with COVID in 2020, um, online school became normal, not alternative. And yet it's still alternative. Would you talk to that?
1: Of course. Yeah. So when I say alternative learning and when we say alternative learning, we mean alternative in the context of another option besides what you might call mainstream. When people think of what is mainstream education, they automatically think of a public school, right? right. Um, or perhaps a private school, although private school is not quite so mainstream because it is an alternative to the public school. So when we say alternative education, we're talking about alternative in the sense of another option. Okay.
0: That makes sense yeah. to me because when I think as an educator of an alternative school, um, I think of a very different way to educate and not uncommonly for the students that haven't been able to function in the regular education setting mm-hmm. and due to often behavioral disturbance and whatever. So um, I'm glad you clarified that because you and I had a very different understanding of alternative, and I'm glad to know what your your view is on it. And that is fabulous. Yeah. So.
1: So, English language is just wonderful.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. And it, you know, like we do have so many meanings and, and my listeners are quite familiar because I bring up that a lot. How many different meanings does every word have in our English language? And and here we are, both adults, both in the same field, basically. And we're still having to clarify the vocabulary. <laughs> at, least,
1: at least we clarified before we got started.
0: That's true. That is true. Yeah. All right. So when our parents are thinking about what they want to do for education for their kiddos, we have so many options. Um, What do you see as like what our parents should focus on? What do you think is the most important thing for our parents to when they look at their child, their learner, and they have their own ideas in their mind of what education is and should be? What do you think is the most important thing for the parent to have in their mind when they make those decisions?
1: When it comes to, that's a good question. That's a really good question. When it comes to education, I think that parents should have, first and foremost in their heads, they should have their child's best interests at the forefront. Because if you have your child's best interests at the forefront, you really can't go wrong. And that, you know, that looks different That looks different, you Lynn, for everybody, right, for every child, because we as adults, like you mentioned just a moment ago, we're in the same field. We're both educators of a sort, um, just of different types right? and still have different understandings of different words, per se. That's as adults, right? If you take that a step further, you apply that concept to us just in general as human beings, kids are so different from each other. And so having one solid way of going or way of learning or way of doing or way of being is is not the answer. So I think that the most important thing a parent can have is to keep their child's best interests at the forefront. That's okay if your child's best interests look different than little Johnny's down the street. They're supposed to. They're supposed to be different. If they're the same, I might start questioning why they're the same. Okay. So I, I like that. So when you're saying the child's
0: at best interest here again is a way that I think of it different than you. When I think a parent should have their child's best interest at heart, I think we all do,
1: ah.
0: <laughs> but you're talking about the best interest in the sense of looking at what the child's need is mm-hmm. and, and trying to meet the needs as best as you can identify. Am I right to discuss? Right. in
1: little different words, the same thing as you're saying. Yeah, that's right. I mean, in, in a little bit more specific terms. Yes, that's exactly right. When you think of the educational model that um, when you think of any educational model, that's what you should be looking for. Yes, is the ways in which your child can connect to that curriculum or those activities um, or the stuff that they're learning, the, the stuff they're taking in because they're learning all the time and if those things are the type of things that your child is interested in and they're engaged in and they're excited about then i would say that you're pretty bang on in terms of their best interests right because you're giving them what lights their soul up you're giving them what lights their fire and what stokes that that inquisitiveness and that mm-hmm. curiosity inside okay. of them
0: I love that. <clears throat> I love that we want to evoke lots of curiosity and lots of <clears throat> excuse me, questions from our kids. So what I'm also hearing, if we take it from that level that is still talking about, to try to make it really practical, and that's something that I like to do on this podcast always, is take it right down to where the rubber meets the road. Sure. So I'm going to correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to make a little bit more assumption. Um, if you have a child, that really is full of movement and he is or she is moving about their world and not a very sit still child then you would look for a school that has more movement based
1: curriculum is that a good that example be, of what you mean that would be a very good assumption to make and you know i i always make that age old That age-old statement with assumptions, Um, but yes. (laughs) But in this case, in this case, you're right. That is a very good assumption to make because you want to be able to observe how your child behaves naturally when they're just being themselves, when they're not necessarily trying to impress anybody or do anything, and that's going to tell you what their uh, or where their sorts of field lies. Right. A a lot of boys. I I noticed you you corrected yourself when you said he. And then, or she, but that's kind of a natural thing when we talk about hyperactivity or when we talk about running around, the general inclination is boys. Because a lot of boys, especially little ones under the age of 10, they need to move. They need to run. They need to go places. They need to do things. And that's just how they are. That's that's natural. That's fine. Um, and that's not to say that all boys are like that. Of course not. But on a general basis, that's that's kind of the assumption we make. And so yeah, there's there are a lot of I know there's a lot of forest schools that are out there. There's a lot of um alternative learning schools that do that sort of thing that have movement-based curriculum. I would say in that instance, that's something that would be very worthwhile looking into. If you have a child who's hyperactive, forcing them to sit down in a classroom for potentially even just two to two and a half hours at a time could be very detrimental to that child but it could be very beneficial to another child who does very well as a visual or an auditory learner.
0: Sure. So do you think that this is also true then if you have a child that seems particularly interested in music that you, if you happen to be fortunate and have a musical type of school in your in your town, And then if your child's particularly interested in the bugs and, and dirt outside that you find a a school that is more science related, do you think
1: that it matters down to that level? Um, I do think, I do think that it's important um, to be able to encourage those things. I will say that, I I mean, with them, I mean, with the movement of what I will call alternative schools, right. Being Mm -hmm. that other options um, that are now rising up since, since 2020 happened and we have this now this societal awareness that we need something different. We need a variety of different systems because we don't have anything other than the mainstream, right? Meaning public school. And so there's a lot, there's definitely lots of options out there. Um, I don't know that there are schools necessarily at this point or institutions that are specifically focused on, as you say, music or science um, or or math or like just specific subjects. But I do think those are really important things to try to encourage in your kid regardless if they're interested in those things. And so finding a school or an institution that encourages that, it may not be exactly what they are all about. They may not be exactly a whole 100% holistic forest school, but maybe they have a forest school aspect that your kid can really connect to and they really enjoy that part of it, Right. So it's a balance of give and take. You won't ever find anything. I have not anyways. You won't ever find anything that's 100% perfect, right? That has absolutely everything that you're looking for. Um, it, depending on what your needs are, you're going to have to vary what's important versus what's not, right? And I believe that what's important, again, is your child's best interest. And keep that at the forefront. I don't think you'll have much of an issue. You'll find something. There's lots of stuff out there.
0: I I like your description. This is really good, and I think this is really great great for our parents that are looking at um, considering and a different option. Mm -hmm. So you and I both have something in common. We are both lifelong learners, and we love to learn stuff. And we're both ridiculously curious at times. And so we know that, and we want our parents to encourage our kiddos into having this love of learning. Um. What practical tip or strategy would you recommend for our parents to be able to have this, to instill this love of learning into their kiddos?
1: Yeah, I think I I know that one thing that um, I always did when I was younger, this was something that my parents really encouraged me to do, um, was asking questions. I was never, ever as a child um, shut down. For asking the question, why? I know that I know the parents, I know parents get really tired of hearing that question, <laughs> really tired of hearing that question. It's like why? And you have to ask why for everything. Um, or not you, but your child might have to ask why for everything. As frustrating as that might be sometimes, I would say recognizing that that's an that's an innate curiosity. That's a that's a desire to know more. That's good. Encourage that. We have many, we have so many people that as adults, they don't ever ask why. And it can be for a variety of reasons, but approaching it from an educational perspective, a lot of kids get consistently. Now, notice I don't say, you know, occasionally a lot of children consistently get shut down when they want to explore something that might be new. Oh, don't do that. That's too dangerous. Oh, don't, don't do that. Or, Or, or you ask why? And it's because I said so. Mm -hmm. My personal and professional opinion, that is the worst thing you can say to a child. The worst thing you can say is because I said so. Now, different situations call for different circumstances. But I do think that that's something to be very careful of. You always want to encourage that curiosity and give them a valid reason for why something is. You do that. You have you're you're well on your way to instigating a lifelong learner.
0: Very good. Yeah. I, I hear you when you discuss the idea of why. And that is another thing that we have also in multiple episodes on this show because we have a history, um, so many of us, of mm-hmm. asking questions and being told, stop asking the questions. And that was me, right. drove my mom crazy with that. <laughs> and then um also that persistent because I said so. There are times, I think, that we need immediate obedience if they're in a situation where they're unsafe because I said, so we'll talk later, you know, like, but go back and talk later. There are times, but you're still consistent. I think with me in that you need to give them those reasons, talk to them about why. And the other Mm -hmm. thing that I see sometimes with why, and maybe you see this too, is that why is used as a correction. Why are you doing that? You Mm. know, like, like it's actually meant as a correction. Yes.
1: Yes. And yes. then
0: that can shoot down our kiddos as well. And so I totally agree with you with this why concept that we let our kids say why embellish it, teach it, encourage it. And, and I love that.
1: That's a great answer for that question. Just so- something that I, just something that I quickly, that popped into my head as you said that mm-hmm. um, good way. Cause I mean, some parents and I would say that this is is my own style as well um, is why are you doing that? The intention behind why are you doing that in terms of a disciplinary um, action would be to help your child think of why they're doing that, right? To help them understand the logic rather than telling them, don't do that. Let me help them think of why they shouldn't. Yeah. And and your intent
0: will come through though. If you mean stop it, the intent comes
1: through. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, exactly. And then maybe instead of phrasing it like, why are you doing that? Because you don't want to give your child that idea of don't ask why, phrase it as, okay, so I want you to think about why you're doing this, right? If you phrase it a little bit differently, I think that that would be um, perhaps a little bit more encouraging to to understanding the the why behind what they're doing.
0: Right. Because that self-awareness is what we're trying to grow in our kiddos to. Exactly. And, exactly. and if we come with an authentic curiosity at why our kids are doing what they're doing, then they will develop the authentic awareness of why it is that they're doing what they're doing. But when we have an ulterior motive, such as stop it, (laughs) then they will catch on.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. All right. So in closing um, here, we have, you know, it's a real important to build that strong connection. With our kiddos and what we're talking about with why, and what we're talking about with other things, it, you know, that tells us too about building that strong connection because you're talking about, you know, breaking it down or building it up. Um, How can parents actively engage in their children's learning journey in a way that builds the connection?
1: I think, in terms of building connection, well, I know in terms of building connection. A lot of the times that involves actually communicating with your child Um, and communication can look different we talked about how uh, different children will have different interests just like different children will have different interests and they'll have different passions they'll also have different sorts of communication styles right Mm -hmm. some children i'm thinking of particularly in this case girls do very well with sitting down, talking, um, and they're very visual or auditory. Boys, their idea of connection, their, the idea of communication for connection may not look the same. Maybe your communication with your four-year-old, or your four-year-old Johnny, is taking him outside and going and playing in a sandbox, or going for a walk and doing bird watching, um, or or some sort of beach day, some, some sort of activity, right? different children are going to have different modes of connection through communication because they're communicated to differently based on their style of, of how they communicate.
0: Right. And like you had said earlier, um, just because you've got some stereotyping here of what is generally boys and generally girls, um, it can be either. So we That's- do need to remember that, you know, like if you have a very active young girl, Kudos, good. That's great. And if you have a a more quiet, sit down boy, kudos, good. That's great. You know, like they both can be both. But yet you're right, right in the stereotyping. There's a majority thing going on. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: just recognizing the idea of different styles of communication. How do I communicate with my child? What's the best way that I can communicate with my child? And if you don't know, sometimes asking them if they're maybe seven or eight. Hey, what do you need right now for me to feel like? You, or for you to feel, what do you need right now from me for you to feel like I am paying attention to you, like I care, because I do, and I want to show you that. Sometimes that's a simple question that kids will understand how to answer. I need this. Come play outside with me. Come color with me.
0: Right? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And if you need more ideas, listen to the language of play. <laughs> that's what this is all about. Yes. You know, like, exactly. how do we understand that child brain so we can um, communicate with them in a way their brain understands that is what this that's right. is about. That's, so, that, that's the whole idea. It is. Yeah. So thank you for being here today, Kimberly. I sure appreciate your insights. And before I let you go, um, please tell our audience a little bit about STAR Students and, you know, spend a minute or two to tell about you, how they can communicate with you and give your overall mission so that they have an idea of what STAR Students is about.
1: Of course. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. I uh, I really appreciate that. So Star Students um, is an educational company. Um, we're, we're small and we're family focused um, and we provide educational services. I like to say that we're your one-stop shop. So we provide alternative, again, meaning meaning other options. We provide alternative and extracurricular learning solutions um, for parents who have students in grades K to 12 and specifically for parents who are dissatisfied with their public or private schooling setup for whatever reason that might be. So in a little bit more specific terms, we have homeschooling, tutoring, and teaching services and packages for children, as well as customized coaching programs for homeschooling parents who want to DIY their homeschooling journey.
0: Wow, that sounds fabulous. So I'm sure that you will have some curious people here. So um, your connection, I assume, then I'll just put in the show notes below, right? Yes, that's right. Fantastic. Thank you. You're welcome. So parents, if you have interest to communicate with Kimberly, just look in the show notes below and you will see her email is, let me see if I have it right, Kimberly
1: at starstudents.co. That's right. You can probably Google, I would assume you can Google Star Students. We'll come right up there. Um, But the website address is www.starstudents.co. Sounds good. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure, Dina Lynn. Bye-bye, Kimberly.
0: Hey parents, I hope you found this episode helpful. If so, would you please take 30 seconds and share it with a friend who also lives or works with children? I would really appreciate it if you would leave a quick review for the show on Apple Podcasts. I read every review and it lights me up to know that this show is making a difference. Then come join my Facebook community where you'll meet other parents who are dedicated to helping their children grow too. You'll find the link in the show notes. Thank you for joining me. Now it's time to go. Let's pop our kiddos in the strollers and go look around outdoors and see what we have to talk about